Nine o'clock, hour three, a B-team edition of the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here. It is a Wine About a Wednesday. Get your wines in on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. We just had Voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee, join us. You can catch that show coming up, uh, podcast version of our show. You can catch that interview, I guess. Podcast version of our show at theteam1340.com. Click over to the JD Show page, and it's right there for you. That's coming up at about 10.30. We'll have that posted. Uh, maybe Voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, tomorrow. So we were wondering whether it would have been a late-night flight from San Jose right. to get back to Fort Collins. Then he drives home to Denver, the whole thing. So they're taking off from San Jose in like 10 minutes. Ah, He's in his seat on the plane. <laughs> so... So, we would be talking about that ugly loss last night in San Jose, and be like, "I got to turn the phone off. We're getting ready. This, you know, flight attendant is going to have me a new one. So maybe tomorrow for uh, Voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, and maybe he'll have a time enough chance to digest that sixty-three forty-six loss at San Jose. Time State. to to process it. Yeah, not a brilliant game really by either team, but man, when the winning team beat you by seventeen and they're south of seventy. Brother, that's not good. Spartans held John Tanjay and Isaiah Stevens to 17 points combined on 7 of 23 shooting. How did they make 7? How did we ever win 8? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And by the way, it's March now. Yes, it's snowing outside. It's Welcome to Colorado. It's going to be baseball movie time here soon. Like, it's always time for Major League, you know, but it's going to be Bull Durham, Love of the Game. Natural. Yeah. But uh, in speaking of baseball, weather permitting, um, I like their chances of getting in because they don't have to come over the big passes on the eastern side. Right. But uh, Montana State Billings in town to take on the CMU Mavericks. Four-game series starts tomorrow. We'll have the opener coming up tomorrow at 2.30. Uh, yours truly and Ethan Jordan with uh, that one. Pre-game coverage starts at 2.15 on the Team CMU Sports Network. The Mesa men, their season continues on. They will host... The uh, rest of the RMAC tournament, it'll be at Brownson Arena no matter what happens Friday night. The championship game is Saturday. But the Mavs hope to be there as they get a win over the uh, Metro State Roadrunners last night, 72-82-72. And they win uh, with uh, Trevor Baskin joining the 1,000-point club. His dad, John, in the 1,000-point club, school's all-time leading scorer. So closing in. Just grinding and getting there. Got to chop away. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, after the win, this is what head coach Mike DeGeorge had to say. It certainly felt like March tonight, didn't it? Great crowd and a hard-fought win. So, you know, we just really believe and we're just really tough-minded. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a battle. Great opponents coming in, and it's fun that it's here. Mavericks take on the Colorado School of Mines Friday at 5 o'clock on the Team CMU Sports Network. That will be yours truly again. You get a lot of me this week if you're out there. In the pile. It's a lot. Yeah. And uh, so pregame coverage starts 445 on Friday. Uh, the nightcap, which we will not have on the radio, but 730 will be Fort Lewis, the two seed, against Black Hill State, the three seed. So that's coming up at Brownson Arena this weekend. Also Friday night, you have uh, the eight seed Delta Panthers uh, girls basketball team taking on the top seed Holy Family. That one, I built what, 6 o'clock with that tip-off, 545 with the pregame coverage 
On 95.7, the monkey, our uh, buddy Mark Cantor on the road with that one. That sounds right. Let me... Sure, we'll go with that. Take a look. Uh, 6.45 Oh, I have. Well, I Ah, shuck. Yeah. I mean, eh, with, you were in the ballpark. Yeah. So we'll have that coming up in a little bit. We have Cody Rourke, Mahai Sports, uh, joining us coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. But the Colorado Rockies... Took to the field in Surprise, Arizona, yesterday to take on the Texas Rangers. And the Rangers won by a score of 6-4. to four. Charlie Blackman, Cole Tucker, back-to-back solo shots. Ezekiel Tovar hit a solo home run as well for the Rockies. And after off-season knee surgery for Chuck Nasty, he's bouncing back into form. And talking about Chuck and all the rest of the hitters who had a good day yesterday, it's uh, manager Buddy Black. This from Rockies. Dot com. Well, good swing from Charlie on the home run. I uh, like that. Took the walk. Uh, looked good on the bases. Uh, he had the knee surgery at the end of, uh, you know, right uh, when the season ended. Uh, knee feels good. He's 100%. Uh, you know, like all players, he's working, you know, into game shape. But we're encouraged by, you know, where Charlie is now physically. Well, it's good to see. I mean, Cole, you know, he's fighting for a spot on the team. He's trying to you know, put his uh, best foot forward here, right? New to the organization, uh, first-time Rocky. You know, he's trying to make an impression, which is great, and he has. Uh, uh, Tovar, uh, you know, he joined us last year in September. Uh, had a great year last year. You know, was sidelined a bit with an abdomen injury, but uh, again, I think he's trying to just, uh, again, uh, do what he does, which is uh, play good, solid baseball. And, you know, he's hoping to make the team as well. But, you know, both those guys, so far, so good. Well, I think the lack of command, I think you saw, you know, a high pitch count for, you know, the two innings that he went out there. So I think just, uh, you know, not enough pitches in the strike zone, not big misses, but enough where, you know, the Rangers did a good job of, of taking their balls, which they did. And they win by a score of 6-4. to four. Austin Gomber kind of got beat up a little bit uh, yesterday as he was debuting a new fastball. He gave up four earned runs in two-thirds of an inning. Newcomer Ty Block worked two scoreless innings out of the bullpen. Rockies back on the diamond where they take on Kansas City. And if you don't believe me about the new fastball for Austin Gomber, listen to the man himself. Obviously, first game. So you got the, you know, the yearly jitters, excited to get going. Um, you know, came into the game, we're just kind of, with a focus of, you know, I've been working on a new, you know, two-seam sinker, new fastball that we think will be super beneficial once we get to altitude at course. So pretty much through almost exclusively that today. Um, just first time throwing it in a game. So, you know, just trying to get the feet wet. Um, you know, obviously results were mixed, but, um, you know, I threw enough, had enough success and enough things that, you know, good feedback from what we're trying to do that, you know, we'll just continue to march forward. He's got that mid-season kind of droopy draw type thing going on there already, which is nice to see. It's nice to see him already in mid-season form. We go back to the team text line, Chick-fil-A breakfast team text line, 970-242-1340. It is a wine about it Wednesday. A bottle of Talon wine is up for grabs today for the best wine. This is from Bronco Sires. I'm sorry, I just can't find anything to whine about on a day when Metallica drops a new jam. If darkness had a sun, well, being very dark is an instant classic. 
The King's Metallic. This is it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. First thing I did this morning was look, because they had a teaser. They had like a little uh, lockdown four screen playthrough thing on the socials yesterday. Okay. I knew the single was coming. And it's, you hear it's kind of that crunchy, thrashy, kind of trashy, not super, like it's real clean, but it's kind of got that, you know, it's an vibe to it. It's edgy. It's got the crunch. It's, it's a banger. I really think it's really good. This new album is shaping up to be pretty decent. Now, with the exception of the load and reload disaster, even saying anger to an extent, but the rest of the albums I've always been very, very pleased with. Oh, yeah. There's there's a deep cut on every album that's just a banger. 72 seasons coming out April 14th, six and a half weeks from today. Looking forward to it. Big Metallica fan. I know Bronco Sarge, big Metallica fan. And uh, so there you go. Very, very happy with that today. Even though it's March, it's snowing, but I'm still... Still very happy with those developments. Rick on the text line. Speaking of condiments, we'd had uh, Bry Guy's text about the mustard, and we talked mustard. Uh, really unhappy when they forget them at the drive-thru. You have to either go back through the line or park and walk inside, which defeats the point of the drive-thru. On a similar tangent, mm-hmm. I was at a drive-thru recently, and they told me, okay, uh, it's going to be a bit, so if you pull around and park near the double doors, you should be, we'll, we'll bring it out to you. I said, oh, okay, cool. Well, what they failed to clarify, and ultimately why I kind of looked like an idiot for however long, they didn't say the double doors to the restaurant, like to the actual like dining area, because I thought when, cause when I pulled around, I saw double doors that were like, that led to like the back like the kitchen area which kind of made sense like they're bringing it out from the kitchen so i thought okay i'll park here by the double doors nope it was the front doors and i sat there for what had to be an uncomfortable amount of minute like not like so long but long enough that i'm like i wonder if i'm in the right spot and sure enough i move like five spots down just long enough for people around you to be like what's this dude it, doing it was late enough at night that there wasn't anyone else there but there was there was a car next to me and I, I, thought, am too smart. I know i am too smart i know monkey. <laughs> and there was what was really kind of i haven't learned a thing there's a car like two spots next to me with its lights on something okay so this so like they must be waiting. No, it was an employee smoking a cigarette in their car, <laughs> waiting to return to their shift. So I'm the only one. No. And I'm like so far away. Feeling stupid? I know I am. So there you go. Add that to your list of oh. reasons why Tyler Franson is a knucklehead and what we could make fun of him for. Uh, so. That he says that he sees double doors and thinks, oh, these are the ones that are closest to by the kitchen that makes sense and then it's no it's the double doors at the front you idiot oh gosh that's funny (sighs) okay so as we've learned on this program many a time many a time that's just gonna be another in the long line of 
cake stories. That's just that proves that it makes like, you shake your head. Like, how did I end up with a college degree? I don't know. Like, how are you? How did you make it to almost thirty? Not, not just. You know what? That it's with a how we ever win eight. It's a miracle. That's that's the and because like not only did I get a bachelor's degree in mass communications, I did so with a relatively high GPA, like a three four three five, and then I <laughs> pull through drive-throughs. Well, now this whole thing could have been avoided if they just handed English. me. Who needs that? This whole thing could have been avoided if I if they were just like, yeah, there's no one else here. If you could just wait at the window, you know, it's fine. Okay, without selling out the establishment. Mm-hmm. Where was this? Uh, on the way to the mall. What I where are so they six, a six purveyor and... of normal fast food? Is yes. it a burger? This is very a... very thin. Is it the place that puts only mustard as a condiment on their burger? I wouldn't know for sure because I've never had their burgers, and actually they're not they're not famous for burgers. Let's put it that way. They're a fast food establishment that's famous for. Do other they items. have the meats? Yes. Okay. Yes, they do. Yeah, that one's on you, I think. It's That's pretty so, obvious no, that totally you need to me. pull around to the front door. Well, there's some that you're like, which door do do I go to this door? Because there's a place that I favor that very, very smartly puts onion rings and barbecue sauce on a double cheeseburger, which I love. Right. And serves them now. You can go get one. That's why I was a big fan of the pandemic shows. That there's a door right at the exit of the drive-thru and then another set of double doors around the other side of the building so when they say pull forward pull up to the door they're like right here that one makes sense the where you're at that one kind of yeah that's on you buddy because <laughs> all i saw were two doors yeah that were like ventilated that clearly led there's no to... handle there's no window <laughs> they had handles it just didn't have they were they were utility doors. They were for so what she said. They just pull, didn't utilize them to bring you your food. No, go to the front, you idiot. Sorry, I got to break out Chuck for this one. I'm a dumbass. I am sorry. I listen. It was late at night. It was oh. there was not a lot of thought process. It was oh, just man. yeah. My favorite thing that hap- have happened to me in a drive-thru usually, and by favorite, I mean one of my least favorite, uh-huh. it's kind of what Rick was talking about, where there was a place in town that used to sell their large-sized drinks for a dollar. They don't anymore because they're trying to screw the public. Sorry, Mark. Make Mark. Um, but I would go there and be like, hey, can I get two iced teas? Big iced tea fan, right? Anybody that knows me knows that. You are iced tea and they're, to the tea. They're clear cups. You can see them are like, for the ice. I'm like, nope, that's not enough. Yep. And then they go over the top of the rim of the cup and then put the three little dribbles of iced tea in there twice. Like, nope, we're not doing that. I'm not going to get five mouthfuls of iced tea out of these two cups because of all the ice in here. I have right. ice at work. So I pulled around front, went inside, sploosh, sploosh, a little bit of ice, filled them back up with ice. I got the look from the drive-thru girl. She's like, what? So you... Exactly what are you doing? in the drive-thru, and you pulled around and went back into the restaurant to Emptied your, the cups. Emptied the cups. Put less ice, and then refilled it with iced tea. You know yes, what? Yes, I did. That sounds like something you would do. 
Yeah, it does. I, I can see you doing that. You know me. I am cranky and bitter when it comes to my fast food and whether they get it right or not. You've you've gotten into altercations. I have. Almost, I have I've gotten into at least three separate altercations at a uh, fast food establishment. Also, speaking of the one you went to out by the mall that has the meats, when they first originally opened as that particular chain, uh-huh. I was over at lunch at a compete another place there but we had people here that were broadcasting live chris and mary were out there for magic and i went over and i was chatting because i was early at my lunch get together i went over there i was chatting the whole thing and then i went to try to walk back across the drive-thru i biffed it hard oh i ate it hard one knee two elbows on the cement ow 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 but i rolled through got up on my feet essentially in one motion which is something i can't do today if i fall on cement just draw some chalk around me and leave me there because that's that's i'm done for but this lady looks at me as is she in a car or no she's in the restaurant okay and she looks at me and is like looking at my bruised and bleeding elbows (laughs) What do you think you're doing there, fat guy? It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're taking up space in the drive-thru. So I just gave her a little bow, and her bur- brow got furrowed, and she got all mad. <laughs> not my best moment. Not my most awkward moment at a drive-thru either. But that's <laughs> not anything we can really cover on this promo. Yes, I did fall down and biff it in the drive-thru while walking across it to get food, which is totally on brand for me. That kind of wraps up. Just this random time-filling segment on the Jim Davis Show. Uh, you know what we we got to do before we get to Cody? What do we got to do? Before we get to Cody, we got to... We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. <laughs> yes, a little late on the four-down territorials, but that's okay. First down, XFL ratings <laughs> are in. And? And down. Uh, the third iteration of XFL saw ratings in is significantly lower than those generated by 2.0. In week two, the drop for XFL 3.0 was even more sharp. Not good. For the four games televised by FX, ESPN, and ESPN2, averaged only 643,000 viewers, down 50%. Aye. In 2020, the drop from one to two was 34%. No, X, no XFL game finished until under a million viewers until week five, three years ago. Thursday night got only 500,000 viewers. The best viewed game was San Antonio Orlando, 780,000 viewers. Oof. Through two weeks, average attendance is 12,712. Those numbers aren't terrible, but not trending very well but they are kind of right in line with the usfl numbers so that's that's not make great. of that what you yeah. will make of that what you will and uh let's see we got selection sunday coming up in a couple of weeks conference tournaments all uh all upon us and March Madness is well underway. The Athletic Sun, Atlantic Sun, is for me to say, conference has 
their semifinals coming up on Thursday. Yeah. Atlantic Sun getting it done. Yeah. Lipscomb, Kennesaw State throw out the records at Eastern Kentucky and Liberty. Kennesaw State, though, actually 24 and 8. Ooh. They they may not be all that bad. And they may actually be your Atlantic Sun uh, Conference champion. So there you go. There's a little uh, first two downs, third and fourth down. Adam Wainwright, while talking about the pitch clock and his thoughts on it, ironically got cut off by the commercial break. Here's the uh, the clip from uh, spring training. No, I'll tell you, it's quick. It's quick, and, and, and I don't mean uh, once the at-bat started because I like working quick anyways, and so that hasn't bothered me at all. The thing that really caught me off guard was um, uh, between innings and uh, between batters. So between innings, do we need to talk about this next half? Well, you, you if, can you wrap it up in 20 seconds? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not invited back. Got it. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. The irony. He's talking about something meant to speed up the game of baseball, which in turn speeds up the game of baseball, gets the third out, and he can't talk about it anymore. I love it. That's fantastic. Fourth down, Jared Bednar had his birthday earlier this week. Mm -hmm. Said he's an ice cream cake kind of guy. Where are we on the yay or nay ice cream cake? Uh, uh, I like the ice cream cake. I don't love ice cream cake. It's got to be very like it's got to be a real special occasion, mm-hmm. and you got it. You got to be, be damn good too, first of all. But you know what? I'm a I'm a Betty Crocker or whatever chocolate cake, chocolate frosting guy. I'm very simple when it comes to my cake. Very basic. Yes. Anyway, there you go. That's four down territory. We move along into more football discussion. We'll talk with my high sports Cody Rourke coming up after the break on the Jim Davis Show, Colorado Sports Leader, the team. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show. Yes, it is time to talk Broncos with Mile High Sports. You can catch him afternoons on Mile High Sports or all of his work at milehighsports.com. It is Connor McGahee. I know you go to games and you were at the Super Bowl. Are you at the Combine this week, Connor? Uh, Cody. Cody Rourke, <laughs> no. my bad. I got the wrong guy. My bad. Cody Rourke, my <laughs> no. bad. <laughs> no, I'm not at the Combine this week. I, uh, I just got back from vacation, so you know I needed to decompress a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a busy time here coming up in just about two weeks' time with NFL free agency. So uh, trying to get a lot of things in place before that happens. Yes, Cody Rourke of Mile High Sports. Let's get the right name out there. I suck at this. This is my first day. I apologize, Cody. Uh, <laughs> you're so good, my man. You need a vacation from the vacation. You're you're back in uh, in country, so to speak, there. I want to get your thoughts on this and, and – you know, I I don't want you to sell out a coworker, but there have been some Broncos media members on the front range that have kind of done foot in mouth things the last couple of weeks in regards to Sean Payton and some of his hirings. And where do you come down one on the uh, bringing back of Vance Joseph and two the the process itself? Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know. First off, Sean Payton he knows what he's doing and. 
I, I think we just live in a time here in society where everybody wants everything to happen right now. You know, the instant gratification, you know, something needs to happen now or else, you know, they're not doing anything. But, you know, ever since Sean Payton was hired, he's been putting together a staff, you know, and the thing is, is Payton put together a, a good portion of the Broncos staff and they never announced anything until this past weekend where they, you know, announced, okay, hey, these are going to be these guys in this role. Uh, it, it's just taking some time. But, you know, the thing is, everyone was acting like the, the Broncos were playing this weekend and that they wouldn't have a coaching staff. That, that's just not the case. Um, I, I really do think that it is impatience for the most part for a lot of people. Um, Sean Payton has built a really good staff, in my opinion. People I've talked to from around the league as well said, hey, you know, that's a pretty solid staff. It's got a, a, a diverse range of guys who have significant experience, like Mike Westhoff will be the assistant head coach, Ben Cotton, special teams coordinator, uh, Joe Lombardi, who's going to be the OC. Sean Payton will still be calling the plays for Denver, but he and Lombardi have worked together for 12 years. Uh, so, that, I mean, having guys that you trust, having guys that you know, I think will pay off. And, you know, you have some interesting hires, like Chris Banjo, the assistant special teams guy. He was just playing football last year for the Cardinals, so he's going straight from playing to coaching. And then you have Davis Webb, who was playing for the Giants last year, started a game for them, uh, and he's been in the league since 2017. He's going straight from having a helmet on to now wearing a headset, being a coach. It is an out-of-the-box type of uh, move for Sean Payton. I see why he does it, and I can see why it works out, because you have these young guys stepping into pivotal coaching roles, but you also have guys like Sean Payton, Mike Westhoff, who will be very instrumental in helping these guys get on the same page. I, I like it. Not many people think of it as a positive, but you know what? Like Vance Joseph coming back to Denver as well, there's a reason why Sean Payton felt like he was the best candidate over guys like Rex Ryan, Matt Patricia, Sean Desai. I think Broncos fans owe it to Payton to see why. You know, I I get it. Like, you know, trust in Payton until you have no other reason to do that. But, yeah, we just live in an instant gratification society, unfortunately, and everybody wants the the one-step solution right now, and it doesn't work that way. We'll get to some of the bigger names here in a minute. And I was going through your write-up on uh, Mile High Sports about all the additions. Uh, I believe it was over the weekend. I and I, my personal. This is just for me because I I'm a wordplay type of person. What is the difference between Mike Westhoff as assistant head coach and Paul Kelly as assistant to the head coach? <laughs> yeah, this is a great question because I myself was wondering, like, well, they already have an assistant head coach. What does this mean? So the assistant head coach, I, I feel like for Westhoff, his role, he's going to be pretty much the right-hand consultant in a sense. Like, you know, he and uh, Westhoff and Peyton will talk a lot about, you know, hey, what should we do, you know. He gets input from a lot of people. Even he gets input from his younger coaches as well, which I think is a good thing by Peyton, um, considering he's learned a little bit of that from his time with Bill Parcells. But, you know, the assistant, like with Paul Kelly, that to me, I, that still remains to be determined. You know, once we have a press conference next week, I believe once they get back from the combine, I believe the coordinators will be introduced alongside Sean Payton. He'll kind of set the table. I think we're going to ask him that very question, like what will that job entail for Paul Kelly, who also served in that same role with Mike Shanahan back in Washington. So um, it's a very interesting staff, very diverse across the board, and I, yeah, part of me is excited to see how it's going to pan out, but like the biggest thing for me with this coaching staff that I said was a non-negotiable, you got to find a way to bring back Marcus Dixon, a defensive line coach, and defensive backs coach Christian Parker. They did just that, and Peyton obviously highlighted yesterday in front of the media at the NFL Scouting Combine 
why he brought those guys back, how well regarded they are by the Broncos front office. And they're talented coaches who, you know, are going to eventually grow into becoming coordinator candidates and potential future head coaches down the road. So uh, it's good to be able to keep those guys on staff. And uh, I'm excited to see how things go. I think some of those guys that they brought back, Dixon and Parker, for me, I, yeah, the front office loves them. The players love them. I really think, to me, it strikes me as a move to really help this team get two guys to the next level. I think bringing back uh, Marcus Dixon might help grease the skids for Draymond Jones. Maybe that's just me. And Christian Parker helping the production grow and, and the role grow for Damari Mathis going forward. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing, too, which is why they were under strong consideration to return, is because they're very good at player development. Now, for example, you mentioned Damari Mathis. Damari Mathis rose really quickly. I remember watching him in every practice and saying, okay, this is a young guy. You know, he's going to continue to grow. And then just, I think it was probably maybe the third, fourth week at training camp, he just flipped the switch and, and was making plays and was becoming a lockdown guy. And I was like, hey, this is... Denver might be in a really good position here with Damari Mathis. And then, you know, week two comes, Sertan has the shoulder injury against the Texans, and then he comes in and plays in place of him, prevents a touchdown against Brandon Cooks in the red zone. And then, you know, Darby goes down with the ACL in week five, and then he starts, the, you know, a good portion of the season before missing, I think it was the last week with the concussion. Um, he was spectacular. Seven passes defense. You know, you want to see him get interceptions. He came so close to having at least two interceptions this year, but for the most part, he played his role. He came up against the run and, and tackled consistently well. He was a big hitter, and he doesn't shy away from contact, not to mention he's pretty good in coverage. So Denver's in a good position where I think that it will be Patrick Sertan, Damari Mathis starting next year for the Broncos. You could see Ronald Darby released. They'll save Denver some money in the cap situation. They still, in my opinion, need to add depth at that outside cornerback position, and you also need to look at potentially adding some depth at the inside nickel spot as well. I mean, Denver, how they approach free agency is going to be very big because, as you mentioned, Draymond Jones is the top priority here, and he's not going to be franchise tag, it looks like. They look like they're going to let him test the market, but that seems more like some good faith there. But it's a huge risk because now Denver, they risk, while trying to negotiate a contract with Draymond and his agent, they're now going to risk maybe losing him to another team because another team may come in with simply more money, more guarantees, and it could end up being a better situation for him. I mean, look at the Miami Dolphins, for example. Look at if they want to let Chris Jones walk. I mean, the, the Kansas City Chiefs could try to poach Draymond, even though he has said that he hates the Chiefs. So I don't think he's going to go there. Um, but then now, maybe even Carolina as well. He was very fond of Ajiro Evero. He was not happy when Evero did not come back. I mean, Denver tried. Sean Payton tried to keep him here. But with how things went with Nathaniel Hackett, it just wasn't going to work out. And he wanted to go elsewhere, and Sean Payton granted him the opportunity to do just that. But it's going to be a very crucial offseason for Denver here uh, in the next couple of weeks setting up for the NFL draft. We're talking with Mile High Sports. It's Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show today. Cody, we heard from George Payton at the Combine say that one of the big things they need to do is upgrade the offensive line. Garrett Bowles coming back healthy might help that. We don't know for sure. Where do you kind of see the Broncos going in terms of trying to improve that offensive line, free agents or draft or, or both? Yeah, I think it's going to be a combination of both. I also think Denver could be in the market to uh, to trade Garrett Bulls. You know, that was brought up a few weeks ago. There's some rumblings there that he's on the trade block. From what I know, there is there is smoke to that. Like, there is some actual heat about that with Bulls. He's coming off of a major leg injury, which for any team inquiring about him, that's going to be the big holdup. You know, and there's so many teams out there that can use a left tackle – 
in, in my opinion, if Denver were to trade Garrett Bowles, here's how I see things playing out. I see them bringing back Calvin Anderson to start at the left tackle position. He has shown comfortability at that position. He's been pretty good when starting at left tackle so far throughout his last three or four seasons in Denver. And then I think that they really look at maybe re-signing another guy on a one-year deal, You know, whether it be a Billy Turner, whether it be a Cam Fleming at right tackle. Um, they're going to have to find a long-term solution there. I don't think they're going to get it this year in the NFL draft specifically when they pick in rounds three. But, I mean, anything is possible. That is an op, you know, option that's on the table. I think they focus on the interior offensive line. I think when you talk about left guard, I think they let Dalton Reisner walk. And then I think that they look at someone like Isaac Sayamalu of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a name to keep an eye on. And then at center, you really have to figure out, okay, you know, what are you going to do? Denver wants to get better there. They want to get stronger. And Lloyd Cushenberry, he struggled with strength last season. And, you know, he's a smart player. He understands angles, but he was outmatched physically last year. It was to the point, like, he could have came back from the groin injury that he sustained right before the bye week, and they just decided not to bring him off of injured reserve. So that kind of says, you know, the writing's on the wall a little bit for a guy like Cushenberry. This is an entirely new staff, and I know that Sean Payton knows how to build an offensive line, so he and George Payton are going to have a lot of collaboration in the next week, two weeks as well, trying to put together, hey, how are we planning to attack this while also looking at prospects this week at the NFL Scouting Combine, guys who may be available maybe round three or round four. Heck, Denver might even acquire more capital. They, you know, If they trade Garrett Bowles, they could get a second round or a first rounder this year to pop back up into the mix there. So anything is possible, but I also wouldn't be shocked if we don't see any trades happen until the NFL draft. Day one, you could see something or right before the NFL draft that gives Denver a chance to get capital in the second or first round. Mahi Sports, Cody Rourke joining us on the Jim Davis Show. And some of that draft capital could come in, and I've been saying it really since the season ended, that when healthy, the wide receiver core, fairly deep, same with the tight ends between Sutton and Hamler and Hinton and Beck and Judy, not Beck, but uh, Dolchitz and Albert O and all these guys in is there somebody on this offensive skill set that is probably not going to be here next year because they may use him as a chip to get back upper uh, into the upper rounds of the draft? Um, you know, there, there's possibilities. You know, Cordon Sutton's name's kind of been thrown out a little bit. However, you know, I think Denver's going to play it by ear. I, you know, they want to see these guys part of it. I think you look at Cordon Sutton. He didn't have the year he wanted last year, but I think he is trending upward. You have Tim Patrick coming back from an ACL injury. So I always say, anytime you have a guy coming off a major knee injury, you always have to temper your expectations a little bit because it, it's a process of coming back, not only the physical side and being used to it, but it's also the mental side of things as well. And for a guy like Tim Patrick, he was an integral part of the offense a couple years ago. I mean, you can make the argument they really missed him this season. K.J. Hamler is going to be fully healthy. You have Jerry Judy entering a contract year. They'll decide in May or not if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. Um, I think Denver plays the cards close to their chest, and I think that they keep everybody on the roster at least this season. But come the NFL trade deadline, we could see some movement if guys are healthy and you have other guys stepping up and you feel like, okay, hey, we're in a position to, to trade one of these guys because we're okay at this position. To me, I think that's something that's more than likely going to happen is, if anything, the trade deadline next year will be a, a very, very big focal point for Denver at the wide receiver position in-house. We also got the free agency frenzy coming up soon. We got the draft, and then 
before you know it, with the new head coach, the Broncos will begin their off-season drills. Cody, thanks for a few minutes. Thanks for hopping on a, a little bit later, flexible with us this morning. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Go Tigers. Absolutely. Got to finish with the Go Tigers. Cody Rourke uh, from Ma High Sports called him Connor McGahee. That was a very stupid mistake on my part, but also I went Ron Burgundy. I read what was on the screen, and I was on the wrong uh, interview prep sheet that I had for the the whole deal. So well, yeah, and we were we were also talking about Connor saying, "Hey, the interviews here for like our purposes." Yeah, having a, an off air production meeting, and mm-hmm. I think ah, I check. I think the uh, computer RAM system in your in your brain. I'm a dumbass. Went a little haywire. Yeah. Also, I. I am kind of exceedingly stupid at times. That that hey. too, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, hey, if, if, yeah. You know, if I can admit that I don't know where double Which doors door are. to go through at the drive-thru, yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of drive-thru wines, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. A text from our buddy Dom. My biggest gripe is with fast food. What is a large will fit in a small. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. It's the worst. You know, you dig into the bag looking for the the top of the container fries, right? Yep. And you got to keep reaching. And then you feel your thumb kind of scrape the top of the container. Yeah. And you haven't touched fries yet? Uh-uh. I almost have turned around more times than I can count. But I'm like, eh, you know what? It's not worth it. I almost turned around when... And I... I shared this in a text on this program on mm-hmm. a previous Wine About It Wednesday when I received a burger that did not have any burger patties on it. Yeah, how does that happen? Especially when said burger has its own jingle with exactly. how the how the order of operations... You had no all-beef patties, nope. just special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed And bun. not even that many pickles either. I think it was a pickle. Well, I mean, that's fine. Pickles like mustard, it's a very fine line. Yes, and I and I kind of toe the line a little bit mm-hmm. with pickles. Yeah, I I go back and forth. Sometimes it's it changes mid sandwich, the tomato and pickle. Because sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Chomp, chomp, chomp. I'm like, okay, done with this tomato, done with all the pickles, and now I have no ketchup or mayonnaise because the order of operation kind of. I need, can we make a, a rule? Let's ju- Everybody, let's just go with shredded lettuce on our burgers. Yes. I don't need the leaf lettuce that's got the vein in it. You know what I mean? So yeah. you bite down. It's like... <sighs> don't need any of that. Sorry for people listening with headphones. That was gross. Uh, don't need any of that. Or when I go to the lettuce falls out and it's a whole leaf and it just catches me right on the lower jaw there and I got mayonnaise all over the place. Yeah, it's not good. No. It's just now. There's argument. There's argument to be made. Not that lettuce is ever really considered healthy because you're basically just eating water at that point. Yeah, the iceberg. Yeah, but you know there is an argument to be made that of the two, the full leaf is probably better for you than the shredded. But also, I'm eating at a fast food joint. Yeah, the nutrients are in the spine, bro. Right. <laughs> it's got nutrients in it. I will say, when it comes to salad, that I'm a big romaine spring mix guy. Yeah. 
like those better than the iceberg. Oh, for sure. Because I don't really like the carrots and the the cabbage. So I go with the romaine. Make my own salad. There you go. Throw, chop up some salami and some ham and throw it all in there. Yeah, Jimmy. I don't know how we always... Actually, I do know how because we're... We're a couple Hesky children here that love ourselves some food. Uh, so I have what doctors we call always, a little bit of a weight problem. And I'm talking, talking about food or music and or both. But you know what it does? What does it do? When I look at the rundown and I have a handful of open parts on the rundown, fill some time, baby. That's all it does. Fill, baby, fill. Fill, baby, fill. And it does... Uh, fill some time. Also, and I should have done this because I knew I was going to end up posting today. I did not put the This Day in Sports History jingle, as we say in the biz. Oh, I've, I've got it. If you got that for me. Yeah. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's This Day in Sports History. Ah, shuck. Yes, I, I do. As we've covered it, this is my first day and I'm not very good at my job. This day, May, March the 1st, 2014, Yaramir Yager becomes the seventh player to score 700 goals. <laughs> Absolutely, he is a stud. He's got some sweet lettuce, too. You seen the uh, the old Moulet? I have not. On Yaramir Yager sometime. Prime Moulet was fantastic. Larry Doyle, the second baseman for the New York Giants, died of tuberculosis this day oh. in 1987. He was a National League MVP in 1912 and a batting champion in 1915. Also, this day in sports, you have uh, 1921. Spin bowler Arthur Maley takes five for 119. That's a record in uh, test cricket. Do you have any idea what any of that means? Nope. Okay. I was just wondering. I was hoping you could learn me up about that. About cricket? Yeah. Oh, God, no. You know some random things. I just didn't know if that was one of the random things you knew. Uh, Unfortunately, no. And I will say this. For reasons only known to the algorithm that is TikTok, there was a cricket video that showed up on my For You page, but it wasn't of Mm -hmm. the cricket. It was of... The announcers of cricket, <laughs> they cut to an audience member or someone in the crowd, rather attractive, and the play-by-play said as much that mm-hmm. the person in the crowd was attractive, and his color commentator just left him hanging to dry, just let him dig his own his own grave yeah. on that one. It was uh, rather hilarious. And Paul is in on the text line, Yager still playing. He absolutely is. At 51, uh, I believe in Finland or the Czech Republic, somewhere around there as well. He um, He's the owner of Retiri Cladnos or something or other. I don't know. This is kind of hard to decipher because it's a translation from a Euro. I think he's in a Czech league, Yarmir Yager. 51, still killing it. So there you go. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll put the finishing touches on this kind of rambling Jim Davis show. It's B-Team Edition, Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here on the first day of March. A kind of snowy day out there, a wine about a Wednesday. Last call for wines on the Chick-fil-A text line 970-242-1340. It's the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Stay by the radio. You are listening.
listening to The Jim Davis Show on the team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Welcome back to The Jim Davis Show. Buckeye Baked Goods with you here, 9.50 on your Wednesday morning. It is a little snowy, but otherwise not doesn't look too awful out there, although I did almost wipe out on the sidewalk uh, a little bit ago. Oh, I, I did that not not that long ago myself. There was one time we had such bad snow here at the station after I had arrived for work. They were shoveling, and they shoveled you know down and then sloughed it off the sidewalk in between the cars, but right. the, it made it look like that because snow kept falling. And you couldn't see the actual pavement, but you kind of knew where the sidewalk was. Mm-hmm. Except you could not decipher where the end of the sidewalk, where the sidewalk ends. You know, the old story there. Um, and then you f- would step into the snowbank, which is a little less sturdy than the sidewalk. Uh-oh. And you get a scrape on your chest from your license plate frame. Ow. That happened to me years ago. That was a lot of fun. Ow. I, yeah, biffed it again. That one was not nearly as athletic. As wiping out in the drive-thru, which Kenny Johnson on the text line says he was picturing in his head. And I told him that's indeed sneaky athletic is what I was at the time. I'm not anymore. I am still uh, Fat Ninja. But anyway, it is a uh, B-team edition of the Buckeye Boy and Baked Good Show, the Jim Davis Show. It's a B-team edition with you here. As we uh, get near the end, we'll let you know about a couple things coming up today. Uh, doubleheader of sorts. It is uh, Colorado Rockies spring training baseball. They take on Kansas City at 1 o'clock. And then we'll follow that up with Avalanche Hockey. They take on the New Jersey Devils. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30. Connor McGahey, who is the voice of the Colorado Avalanche, we had on last hour. He will have the call for you from Ball Arena coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Tomorrow, weather permitting, CMU Mavericks baseball 215 pregame coverage, 230 first pitch, the first of four between the Mavericks and Montana State Billings. Then coming up Friday, it's the RMAC Tournament semifinals, the CMU Mavericks taking on the Colorado School of Mines. Pregame coverage at 445. Then yours truly will have play-by-play at 5 o'clock. The second semifinal game, which we are not carrying but is happening regardless, is Fort Lewis and Black Hill State. If the Mavs win, they will play coming up on Saturday. We got a couple minutes left. We can uh, go ahead and hop on in. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. It's actually garbage day in the neighborhood uh, today on the old cul-de-sac out in Clifton, so I got to get that going as well. Um, Dwight Howard took part in a three-point contest. Did you hear about this? I did not. He did better than Kevin Herter and Julius Randle. He was the MVP of the T1 League All-Star Game Tuesday, scoring 37 points. What's the T1 League? Not a clue. Taiwan. Oh, Oh, that makes sense. He also participated in the three-point contest. He didn't advance, but he did not have the lowest score. Dwight Howard's 15 was better than two other competitors. Julius Randle's 13. And Kevin Herter only managed eight. So there you go. There you go. Um, 
in somewhat recent breaking NFL news. Ooh. Uh, former Georgia star defensive lineman projected top oh, five yeah. draft pick Jalen Carter. He was at the Combine. He is now not at the Combine because the uh, Athens Clark County Police Department have issued arrest warrants for him. Because of a fatal accident, I believe. Yes. So Where a former teammate of his and a former recruiting staff member were killed. The arrest warrants were for reckless driving and for racing. So we'll see how that plays out. Yep. Yeah, that's not, that's not a good story. Um, this is, I mean, there's no easy way to transition out of that. Unfortunately, no. So we're going to go with dog do. Uh, Louisville had a halftime show featuring pups the other day. Uh-oh. Yep. Just take a guess <laughs> so, so what you, happened on the court. When you say dog do, you you were being I'm meaning actual dog do. Louisville had uh, the old doggy doo-doo on the court. That's, so, but yep. see, that, that's, that comes with the territory. A little bit. If you're going to have animals, sometimes animals will do. Animal things. Animals will do do what they do do. <laughs> that was Love it. Pretty clever. And um, well, it's not something altogether foreign for Louisville basketball this year. <laughs> they're four and twenty-six. Yeah, they're not good. Yeah. So they the dog third best performance on that court this year for the Louisville Cardinals. That'll do it for a B team edition tomorrow. It is uh, JD Show Prime. Jim is back in the old air chair, a brother, as they call it. I'll be in the sidecar, then Friday, the normal shenanigans with Jim and Cake. Join us for that. Rockies baseball coming up at 1 o'clock. Spring training action, Jack and Jerry on the Team Sports Network. Then the Avalanche to follow against the Devils. Join us tomorrow morning at 7. Give us a full three. It's the Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the Team.